What's going on, Just Goes to Show listeners? This is your co-host, Jack Ridge, Ridgeway, back here with Just Goes to Show. You know what, Ridge? What's up? It's real damn good to be back. Uh, <laughs> Chet's over here, and boy, does it feel good. I'm excited. I don't know if you've heard that from me before, but ooh, Nelly, it's good. It's good to be back here on the pod. Uh, we've been absent for a couple weeks. Um, real life does happen. Uh, we got day jobs. Uh, speaking of day jobs, Chris got a new day job. Yeah. Uh, so been doing that cl- for a while. Cl- it's not even that new of news anymore. It's just been so long since we've been on here. We are confirmed not dead. So that's we- always good to know. Uh, I we- think we've got- Alex Zermers tweeted us like 10 times. He clearly has nothing going on other than listening to our pods. So we're basically just recording this for him alone, I think, at this point. Yeah, Zimmer, I'm actually looking out my window at your apartment building that's really close to mine, and I can see you just sitting on your couch doing absolutely nothing. So get a hobby, pick up a sport, find some friends, do something. Um, But we're back with Just Goes to Show. Uh, A lot of is going down in the Premier League world right now. Um, I've been watching it week over week, you know, hard in my hand watching Villa and Palace. Chris, you've been watching the games from home, going to the clubhouse. What have you been doing? Mostly from home. Um... I watched some games. I was up north this weekend with some buddies. A lot of our friends who listen to the pod are in like our fantasy leagues, predictor leagues. Uh, we all watched some games on Saturday morning. I've been gone a lot, dude. Not home that much, so it's been interesting. But I was actually at a bar in Detroit watching some games a couple weeks ago with my family. Not the clubhouse, just a random one that we found. But you know, I've been catching up, keeping up. It's been exciting football. There's a lot going on this season that's really cool. Um, but it's been kind of all over the place. I'm excited to settle down a little bit in the winter here. I probably won't leave my house like the rest of the season. Yeah, we got daylight savings on Sunday, so could get some extra sleep in and then just kind of like camp out. Um, hopefully, you use Yelp by the way to find that bar in Detroit. Quick Yelp shout out. Um, no. But um, all always 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 the same with uh, with Jack in Chicago. No new job. Um, yeah, just uh, I guess a little bit of new stuff going on personally, and then you know my my roommate's been out of town for like a couple weeks. Shout out Jay, but he's back. Just brought home dinner. What a guy! Um, but we figured kind of to jump back into footy right now. What we would do is Chris and I were uh, I don't know we were but we've both been watching the Premier League and thinking back, and we talk, text sometimes about our uh, predictions at the beginning of the season. I got a lot of praise for my Javi Gracia prediction of him being first sacked but we made some other pretty bold takes at the beginning of the season so we wanted to revisit our match week one overreactions now that we're kind of starting to settle into the season and take a look at um you know how those are panning out as well as what the landscape of the table is so yeah well wait, wait uh, a second before we get into that i do want to clarify that when we came up with these match week one overreactions they weren't takes or predictions they were things that were like oh man if we were just judging the season off this first week these are overreactions we might have made so, like, your Javi Gracia thing, like, we're going to get into it. You jumped the gun, like, 20 minutes early on it. But, I mean, at the end of the day, like, we said it was an overreaction because it was, like, way too soon to say that. But, I mean, hey, hey, credit to you. Fine. Like, everyone else that follows us on Twitter made the same yeah. prediction. But, no, man, you're right. Good for you. I would like to I would like to fully take all the praise for any overreaction that panned out and then just fully shed any blame from any overreaction well, two, as a quote as a quote-unquote overreaction you had two major ones so grassy was one we will get to the other one and you are definitely going to want to try to distance yourself <laughs> as much as possible from that one because yikes that's probably the worst one on the list 
All right, well, one of the biggest ones we talked about right off the bat was we both talked after that week one, Manchester United looked fantastic. Young talent everywhere. Rashford, Martial, skill, pace. Everyone close your eyes. Everyone close your eyes. I'm going to paint a picture for you. It's August. It's the first weekend of the Premier League season. Two Premier League heavyweights are squaring off. It's Manchester United. It's Chelsea. Manchester United. Four goals. Chelsea. Zero goals. Set the stage. Imagine what's going through your head in August at that time. Man United are good, right? They just got Harry McGuire. They just got Aaron Wampasaka. Wrong. They're not good. Go ahead, Jack. Fraud. Uh, yeah, they're not. They're, they're not good. Manchester United. We both we actually used the word title contenders in week one, um, and they're they're spiraling downwards very very quickly. Um, I think they're sitting what at thirteenth right no, now on no, the no, table. They just, they just got a, they just moved way up with their win this week, so they're actually technically up to actually seven, seventh. But they're level yeah, on true. points with West Ham, who are in tenth. Yeah, and um, Brighton and fourteenth have a one point behind them, so they're in seventh, but it's kind of like a cheap seventh place. Yeah, and and so definitely not title contenders. And then the other thing that I've actually been reading some of these quotes from Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, I think this week before the game against Norwich, said something insane. He said, they're going to be a really tough test for us. Hopefully we can be at our absolute best and find a way to get a result. I think he said that going, going to play Norwich who just got promoted and has lost seven of their nine games in the Premier League. Well, well, well. Uh, to be fair, if he's going off of only the results of teams from Manchester against Norwich this season, that's kind of valid because Norwich have two wins and one of them is against Man City. Yeah, it, which that we were talking about that. That's just insane that they beat Man City. That r- result is looking more and more like, you know, after that result, I was like, ooh, Norwich could be pretty good. And then he just, and then Villa pumped him like, yeah, you then know, I picked up Timo Kuki in fantasy, nil. hasn't scored in like a <laughs> month and a half, you know, just goes to show. <laughs> just goes to show. Um, so anyway, we were way off on that Manchester United title contenders. I, I, they look, they don't look good under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Now everybody's saying, oh, top to bottom, their squad's not that good. Harry Maguire is good as a Sunday league player. Raphael Vandervaart came out and said that the other day yeah, I think cool. their squad on their squad on paper is 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 strong I mean it's not top top two strong but it, I mean I don't know if there's this gaping gap gaping gap I think that's redundant this massive gap in talent between Manchester United and Spurs side for example right I kind of disagree only in the sense like only in the midfield. Which is okay, silly, so but yeah. the, cent- I, I, the, I mean, the central like, the central part of the pitch, I do not feel that confident in United. I know you're a big Scott, Scott McTominay guy. I'm not I as am. big on him. Um, I think scored United he scored again this weekend. I, I don't think United are actually better than Spurs in any point of the pitch. Uh, okay, do you think De Gea is better than Hugo Lloris? No. Okay, do you think Juan Bissaka is better than? I'm just saying like Kyle Walker as a, Peters. As a unit, the back four for Spurs, I'd take over the back four then over uh, United. The midfield, I'd probably take Spurs. And the front three, I'd probably take Spurs. So, you know. 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think Spurs central midfield has been lacking since uh, Dembele moved on. But regardless, my point is not title contenders. <laughs> yeah, United, they're not good. And I, I don't think uh, always getting the best out of this team. I don't think they're set up to be very brave. And then I just I'm not impressed with the way they play. They kind of they, they kind of look like a villa out there. They, like they're going to make uh, some splashes in January. It's inevitable, right? Yeah, they, uh, yeah, yeah. They they will because they either have to go all in with Solskjaer or get all well, out. Whether or not they have Solskjaer in January, they're going to make moves. I think, right? Um, we'll see. I don't know if he'll make it that long, but I think whether he's, whether he's a manager or someone else, they'll have a little bit of a budget to play with, and they're going to have to make some moves. I mean, they're not going to be able to rely on Jesse Lingard and. Uh, He's rubbish, rubbish. And, yeah, you for, know, it's garbage. They're not looking great. Yeah, um, but let's go to the Te- flip te- side of that. Well, go ahead. Yeah, team who's not going to make any January transfers and people don't want them because they just want to keep playing the the youth is Chelsea. Yeah, uh, we predicted che- we after that four nil win we pre- uh, for United we predicted Chelsea to finish outside the top six and really really struggle. Maybe Lampard, you know, uh, Abramovich loses faith in faith in Lampard around January. The opposite is happening. Tammy Abraham's been called up to England. He's going off. Pulisic finally just got a start this weekend. Scored a hat trick. So, uh, you know, I made a Freddie Adu comparison I, a, a, a few months ago. Man, not I- at- wasn't not, gonna bring that up. Not, not actually. It wasn't like a comparison. I said there were there, there were traces or breaths of the Freddie Adu isms. Um, so I didn't make a comparison. I want to clarify that. But uh, well, yeah, I mean mm, that that breath that even breath is the gone way you after just this weekend's performance. It, I would say comparison. It's not the wrong I would word. Not. I, it is the wrong word. But either way, Mason Mount's been a revelation. Tammy Abraham's been brilliant. Tamori's come into the back and, and been really strong. Hudson Adoy's back um, and, and playing week in and week out. Uh, it really, Loftus Cheek is the only one who needs to get back into the side, and um, even Jorginho's playing decent football, right? Who'd have thunk that? So I, you he's know, booed I, at times last season. You know, I always liked Jorginho, but uh, yeah, and Conte's been banged up. Their best player, probably. He hasn't been 100 yeah. percent all season. Um, it's just honestly like uh, they're just really, really fun to watch. Every time they play, I want to watch them. They won four matches in a row now, and they've scored. A lot of goals. They're averaging over two goals a match. Uh, Abraham has been phenomenal. I think Mason Mount has been probably the biggest surprise. I don't know. Both of them combined maybe the biggest surprises, but they're they're like really fun to watch. Really dangerous. I it's hard to say that they're going to be a title contender. Eight points behind Liverpool, but outside of um, outside of Liverpool and City, they might be the next best side there. So. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, I think if there was a young player to the season award to go right now, it would probably go to Mason Mount. Um, and the, they do. I mean, they play really exciting football. Watching Tammy Abraham play for Chelsea is making me realize how lucky Aston Villa were last season with Tammy's play. Um, because I, I was kind of expecting Wesley to come in and raise the bar for Villa when when Villa made that signing, and kind of the. Wesley hasn't been as good simply because he's just not as good a player as Tammy Abraham is. He's not as quick and not as agile, so Tammy is uh, he's probably a little bit bigger. And, yeah, he's so fast and so long. He's you know? second uh, in the Prem right now in goals with eight, tied with Aguero, one behind Jimmy Vardy, who's coming off a hat trick. So I don't know. I mean, Tammy is just he's shown that he can score with his feet, with his head. Uh, he's very young, big. I don't know, man. He's um, he's been a revelation for them and. They needed him so badly to step up. They needed him. They needed Mason Mount. They needed Pulisic, who looks like he might be turning a corner here because of their transfer ban. 
and it's all working out. And I mean, you got to give some credit to Frank Lampard. He's getting the most out of these young players. So if you're a Chelsea fan, it's an exciting time. There's a lot to look forward to. And that uh, that four nil loss to United the first week of the season is way in the rearview mirror at this point. Yeah, it really is. And then you know, on that on that note of Mason Mount potentially, if they need to vote right now for Young Player of the Year, um, one of the other takes that we had was Raheem Sterling will go and win Player of the Year after that first week of the season. I think he had, I don't think he had a hat trick, but I think he scored twice. Uh, I'm not, I, I can't remember. But um, let me go back. That I think look, he did have a hat trick, but let me double check. Yeah. It, it, that uh, that doesn't look like the worst call, to be honest. Um, Kevin De Bruyne is doing really, really well at City, uh, leading the league in assists, um, and yeah, you know, he looks like he could. Sorry to he, interrupt, but Sterling did have a hat trick. Okay, uh, he he looks like a contender. Depending on how City perform, you know, continue to perform, Sterling will obviously be in the conversation. Um, obviously, the Virgil Van Dyke's, Mohamed Salahs will all be there, but I still don't think that's the worst call. I think, but I think you know some of those Chelsea startlets will start to come to the the conversation, and um, there'll be some other players like Jamie Vardy would eke into that conversation. Depending on where Leicester finish, if Palace can maintain kind of a top eight position, you'd think Wilfred Zaha would start start to enter the equation. But you know, he played really really well this past weekend, so. Um, I mean, Zaha's too far behind statistically at this point. I would say Sterling is still probably my front runner. Um, There's some Chelsea players, like you said. If it's Liverpool, I'd probably go with Sadio Mane at this point. But I have a question for you. This is not part of our trivia this week. But do you know who's leading the Premier League in assists right now? Yeah, I just said Kevin De Bruyne. Okay, but do you know how many he has? Yeah, he's nine. Do you know who's second? Uh... Yes, I do. There's a three-way tie. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. It's uh, David Silva. He's one of them. The other two are Emiliano, Buendia, and Harvey Barnes. And Harvey Barnes. Do you know how many they have? Yeah. Four. You probably looked it up, which is fine. But... No, I didn't look it up. Five. He's got over double second place in assists right now. Wait, so hold on. Are you looking at a webpage that has all the assists? What are you looking at? Yeah. Are you looking at whoscored.com? No, I'm on the Premier League website. Okay, quit that page right there, right now. Quit it. Get off of it. I'm off. Okay, good. That'll come into play later on. Um, <laughs> I'm allowed to do research. I don't know what the trivia is. <laughs> <laughs> That'll come into play later okay. on. Um, all right, so uh, th- let's jump to VAR because VAR, uh, I have a take, which I think I've, I've said airs of this take. What do you think? There's been a, People are going mad after this weekend with VAR. Look. Absolutely mad. Look. I am almost certain that my opinion on VAR has not changed, and your opinion on VAR has probably not changed either because we're both very, very stubborn. Yep. My overreaction after the first week, which was probably also my overreaction before the first week, like dating back to the Women's World Cup in the summer, is that VAR was going to destroy football, and I still absolutely hate it. Now, I will say, I will say that it really helped out Crystal Palace this weekend, which I liked. Um, but overall, it's it's not fun. It, Here's the the reason why I think it's coming under some heat is if you're a fan and it, something goes in your favor because of VAR, it's the greatest thing in the world. If you're a fan and you lose out to a decision of VAR because it's so new and it feels unjust and it's one of the most frustrating things in the world. And if you're a neutral, it's still so new and foreign the roller coaster of emotions that when you're kind of dragged through different emotional reactions of you know 
glee and then kind of sadness because you don't get you know as even as a neutral you kind of pull your emotions are kind of toyed like that you feel some disdain towards the ruling in the process i have and i think that's i think that's expected i have a response to that go finish your thought though okay no no that, that that is my thought okay so i don't disagree with you but i also don't think that's really changed much with var back in the day before var back way in my time you know um, before we had all these fancy cameras and stuff, there would be a penalty decision, and whoever was on the wrong side of it felt like they got screwed. Whoever was on the right side of it loved it. And the neutrals, one way or the other, might have been like, oh, he's a flop, he's a cheat, whatever, on a penalty decision, right? With VAR, the penalty decision goes one way or the other. If VAR changes it, the team that gets screwed feels like they got screwed. The team that doesn't loves VAR. And the neutrals are like, well, this is stupid. They just slowed down the game, and I really don't feel like there's a right call either way. Like, the, the Zaha penalty decision this weekend with the VAR, they called him for simulation, gave him a yellow, came back, reversed it to give him a penalty. And as a Palace fan, I couldn't really say for certain that it was a clear-cut foul. I think it was probably the right call. What? I, I don't think that you're getting, like, most of these VAR calls that get overturned, except for maybe an offside, which I think the offsides are so close, like down in the millimeter, it's kind of ridiculous. But a lot of like the penalty decisions and stuff, I really don't think that after watching the replay four times in slow motion, I have a better idea than I did before, or like I know for certain whether or not the call is right. So I don't even know. Like it's still subjective. You know what I mean? Yeah, offsides it's kind of really like... subjective technically. A penalty is regardless. So like, I don't really know if we're making it better. All we're doing is people are still pissed off on one side or the other. It's just slowing the, the game down, and it's reversing. It's just increasing goals. the scrutiny. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it's incre- it's it, it's just it makes people more, uh, gives people more scrutiny on those decisions, and then yeah, I I I, I do agree to a, a level. It is kind of like uh, the how coaches in the NFL can challenge pass interference these days. It's kind of like that. Right, like when you chant, like when VAR reviews a penalty, it's like, oh, you know, you slow it down. Did what is his arm on the defender, or was his arm on the receiver? Like maybe, kind of. Was it a clear? And then we go to this terminology: was it a clear and obvious ever error? I understand that there's some subjectivity to that, um, and and clearly we need to get better at defining what the rules are and what is a clear and obvious error and what isn't. Um, but for me, like. I can't imagine a world where we attach VAR and then lose VAR. Like VAR is not going anywhere. So like I'm just I'm just as a as a viewer I'm embracing it. I understand that I'm going to get screwed on it. I understand that I'm going to get the benefit of it sometimes. And I just I'm kind of along for the roller coaster of emotions in games. I'm kind of along for getting a push notification that someone scored and then seeing that it actually didn't happen. And I'm like oh god VAR that must have been crazy. And like all the all the buzz around it because I don't think it's going to go anywhere. I think it has a place in the sport long term. And so. So, I don't know. Well, I kind of have this like ignorance as a viewer where it's not going to go anywhere. So I, I, I'm not going to like waste my breath, you know, yeah, but that's saying what, that's it's that's like what bad sports for the game. Do I think is they waste their breath all day long on this kind of stuff? <laughs> but also, like you're right, I agree with you that it's not going to go anywhere, and it probably will mostly just get better. They'll probably make improvements to it. But at the same time, they've pro- I think they've had re- um, replay review in the NFL for 10 to 15 years now. And they're just now doing new things like the pass interference, which is probably going to go away because it was stupid. There's like, oh, there's still what is a catch, what's not. Like, there's still all these things that are major uncertainties when it comes to replay and other sports. So it makes me think that it's probably never going to be what we want it to be. Is it going to go away? Doubt it. But that doesn't mean that I should be like, you know what, 
let's accept it because it is it's it's here. Like I can still be upset about it, you know. I think it's dumb. I think it's worse for the sport. But yeah, I mean, there's not anything we can do about it. Is it destroying football? No. Is it pissing me off at least once a weekend? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, see, it's not for me. I'm 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 in it. But whatever. Um, Brighton. Wait, let me get into Burnley. this one. I want to I want to present this one. <laughs> all right, all right. Because you can have all your fun in the next one. I already talked about it. So, like I said earlier, these are not predictions. They're overreactions. We clarified the episode title, I think, had overreactions in them. So when we use that word, we are saying these are things that are probably not good statements. They're overreactions. However, however, Jack had one that is pretty, pretty stupid. And it was, after week one, either Brighton or Burnley will make a push for the top six. No. Not going to happen. <laughs> All right. So Not going to Brighton let me and Burnley? Ch- I mean, come All on, right. dude. Let you don't me, even let like either ch- of those teams. I hate both those teams. That's why I was saying it, is it was just reverse psychology. Um, I, like, I think... Here's here's the general meme of that again overreaction. So shedding myself of any uh, absolving myself of any blame, I think that the the meme is that there are going to be new teams in the top six, and I stand by that. I think Leicester are are really good, and there's a good chance that they make it in there. I think teams such as Crystal Palace could finagle their way into the top six this season, and as as they're sitting in the top six right now, I think that. I just think the landscape of the top six is going to look very, very different. Spurs are 11 right now. Uh, Manchester United are sitting at seventh with, you know, virtually uh, virtually 10th. Um, Everton are down at 16th. Like, I just think it's going to be shaken up a little Wolves, bit. I don't think you shaky. have the same. Right. I don't think you have the same supremacy outside of Liverpool, who are obviously really, really good, and Man City, who are obviously really, really good. Man City has also lost to Norwich. Like, I, I think the, the theme that I would like to re- – changed my overreaction to is that the top six is going to look different this season um and yeah i just want to leave it at that i I, I threw brighton and burnley because they because they won the first because they won in the first week but bold take the top six might be different than it was last year um not might be it will will be will be (laughs) i will say that leicester sheesh um leicester are good scored nine goals this nine nil win against southampton i mean i've been talking about them for a while um, you know, I was giving shouts to my boy James Madison, Yuri Tielemans earlier in the year on the pod. So there's a lot of good things to like about Leicester's team. Brendan Rodgers is probably the early favorite for manager of the year. Um, Palace looking very solid, but I, I really can't see them being top six, but top half probably. Uh, this is like something that, you know, as someone who hosts a po- soccer podcast, I should like be able to start getting used to. But literally every time I pull up the table and look at this, I like have to do a double take. Sheffield United being in eighth place right now. Yeah, what? it's a little, it's weird. I mean, Palace are in six with a minus. Palace blades. Palace are in six with a minus two goal differential. So like, Palace have scored like uh, nine goals this season. I think in ten games. I it's insane. Or ten goals. Um, 
But blades and eighth? Like, what is this? Blades? <laughs> Chris Chris Wilder, blades, the blades. We didn't even remember what his uh, name was at the beginning of the season. I knew what his name was. You didn't know what well, his name they, was. They were so irrelevant. We're like, yeah, this team's going down. This team sucks. Like, Dude, people don't, people don't know how to play. They have those outside full, uh, center backs that move up the pitch, Jack O'Connell and Chris Basham. People do not know how to tactically defend it. No one's come up with a way to do it. Uh, it's kind of like when uh, Conte came in and played with five at the back and those wing backs started up and down. People didn't know how to play against Marcos it. Alonso. Um, but no, I mean, they're not going to finish eighth, but like, sheesh, that's that's something, right? I don't even yeah, really want to talk right. about it, but like, I just keep looking at the table and I'm like, I got to say something about Sheffield United being an eighth. It's insane. He's got, yeah, he's got to blade up. Okay, you know? well, anyway, um, Leicester and Palace, maybe top six, Brightly and Bur- Burnley, Brighton and Burnley. Def- no, no, no. We'll just definitely not. Brightly from um, now on. We'll combine Brightly, that combo. Yeah. That combo, right, Brightly. Last one. Uh, I'll let you have the floor I think, for just a second. Yeah, I think it's pretty obvious. So, like I said, I predicted Javi Gracia getting sacked very early. He did. Um, a lot of credit to me on that one. And then the question is, who's next? I think the answer is pretty obvious here, Chris. Yeah, I think we can be. In, we haven't talked about it, but I think we both know you who know, it's going to be. I actually brought him up when we were talking about Javi Gracia. We did, and we identified that it would be a club from that from that region, a club right? Like, like this a team would make sense to have their manager sacked first. I had him and one other person on my short list. The yeah, other person and was Manuel Pellegrini from West Ham. Yeah, which I think they're he's okay, okay right for now. now. Yeah, they're okay right now. Even though they're uh, only three points ahead of Everton with Marco right, Silva, but, who is I mean, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely Everton. Yeah, it's definitely Everton and Marco Silva. Just and they've lost some bad games. They just lost this weekend to uh, Brighton. Brighton, uh, Luca Dean scored a, an injury time own goal um, to give Brighton the win. Uh, Brighton part of that um, Brightly combo, but. Yeah, I think Marco Silva is is on the hot seat. I think that team spent has a good team on paper. They've spent good money. Um, they're really not scoring a lot of goals at all, uh, and and he's under some pressure to adjust his lineup. And you know, I think yeah, they have ten goals in ten games, uh, and with the like with some of the wide players, technical players that they have, they should be scoring more goals, uh, and they're not. So well, and listen to this um, upcoming fixtures for Everton: home to Spurs. Away against Southampton, home to Norwich. If they don't get through that with like six points, then they're Leicester away, Liverpool away, Chelsea at home, United away, Arsenal at home in their next five. Yeah, they so need they six, really six. need points against Spurs, Southampton, and Norwich here coming up. And I think Silva's. I mean, if he's he's pretty much one bad result away from being sacked at this point, I would say. Yeah, if if they don't get six points out of those the possible nine there, they're gonna get. Slaughtered yeah, uh, in that in that period. There. After that, it's gonna be really difficult. Is, is there anyone else? I mean, we mentioned him earlier. Solskjaer is flirting with the hot seat. I, what about Potch? I think I think Potch is fine. I think Potch has the backing of Daniel Levy. I think uh, Daniel Levy. Levy. I don't think they've spent enough to to for really. Obviously, they bought Ndombele this summer, but. I think he's fine. I think Potch is deep in the infrastructure of the team, and a lot of the players have come out and spoken defending him. Um, I'm not. I th- I think someone else will go before a Pochettino. All right. Well, um, I think last one I was going to bring up then. Hazen Huddle. Right. I. That's what I was just going to say. I think Hazen Huddle simply because I know. How, like we've talked about how much, how he's got a big contract, right? He's being paid a lot, um, and. I think Southampton run the club from a youth perspective, so they do try and bring a lot of their youth into the team. They haven't really made like a signing in forever. Um, 
They bought uh, that. I don't, can't, don't know his name. The uh, Cameroonian. Um, he, he's got an African name. It begins with an N. And it has like an N and a K in it. Um, uh, and they. I mean, they're in 18th. They just got throttled 9-0, so I have a little recency bias. And it'll be interesting to see how they bounce back from that that loss. But I actually think Hasenhutl is a good manager, and I think they'll figure it out. Is it Musa Dejanepo from Mali? Yeah, him. He, he had the, yeah, he had the goal of the month in September, I think. Cameroon and Mali have almost the exact same flag. Um, one thing, another thing that's just like, whoa, I looked at the table, and this looks shocking, is uh, Southampton have conceded 25 goals now. Nine of those did come on Friday, but it's still pretty rough. Yeah, most that is the, rough. Most of the time, so. Um, all right, let's jump over to trivia. All right. Uh, so so I've got trivia this week. Um, Chris, I'm going to give you – I was going to give you a minute and a half, but I'm going to give you a minute now simply because – I was yeah, not because, looking on that page that much, if that's what yeah, your thought is. Yeah, you were. No, so no, what we're going to what we're gonna do – gonna. I got integrity. Oh. I was going to ask you for the top. There are 15 players with three assists or more oh, right, in the like Premier the League then, this okay. season. Right, so you have the top four. So I'm going to need uh, number five through 15 of players who have three assists. Can we just go over the first four right. again? Yeah, the, the first four home, are it's De Bruyne, Kevin, Harvey Barnes, uh, Emiliano Buendia, and David Silva. And, and Dave Silver. So everyone else has so, three? Yes, everyone else has three. Oh, boy. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to give you – I'll give you 90 seconds. Yeah, I still think to, I need 90 seconds. Ten guys is a lot. Yeah, I know. Shut up. Like 90 seconds. Uh, ready, set, go. Uh, James Madison. Rashford. Martial. Uh, Mason. Rashford, Rashford, yes. Mason Mount. Madison, no. Mount. Abraham. Mount, no. Abraham, no. Uh, Sterling? Aguero? No. No. Um, Firmino? Yes. Salah, Mane? Yes, no Mane. Um, Harry Kane? Uh, no. So you got three right Alexander now. Alexander-Arnold? No. Um, ben Chilwell? Yes, that's four. Um, Zaha? No. Didn't think so. Uh, uh, Adama Traore? No. Johnny? Still? No. No. I don't know. I'm just going through all No. Uh, I know you are. Cantwell? No. No. Um, Felipe Anderson? Yes, Jack, that's five. Jack Grealish? Yes, that's six. Uh, Wait, did you and did you guess Mars as well? No, Riyad Mars. Nah, shit, seven. <laughs> <laughs> you got 30 seconds. I got 30 seconds, okay. Um, let me think. Nah, me think no, you don't. Think. I'm being generous with my time, oh, but whatever. I don't, I don't think I have any other ones, so that's fine. I'll, I'll just take what I got there. All right, wait, ready, wait, but set. I, I think I can guess the other ones if you give me some clues. That was actually pretty good. I was, like, freaking out there for a second. Yeah, I know. You went through a pretty big dry spell. When I got the um, show right. well, I was like, all right, I got a chance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, so I'll, I'll kill it. You've got uh, – you actually guessed this uh, this guy's counterpart opposite – defend opposite uh, outside back on the same team. Um, surprised you didn't guess him. Um, Pereira? And – nope. 
Oh, uh, Robertson. Oh, jeez. Yes, Robertson. Yep. Um, and then he's got. Yeah, he's got three. And then he missed another Villa player. McGinn. Wesley. Nope. Nope. Hata. Nope. Um. I I hate I hate how you say Hata with an accent. <laughs> Uh, another Villa player. Douglas the Weeds. Yeah. No, dude, come Graham. on. Ain't no, ain't nobody. Oh, El like Ghazi. El Ghazi. I, I haven't think yeah. he's been playing that well, so good for him, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so you got El Ghazi, um, and you got you got Chilwell, and then a Burnley player. Two Burnley players, actually, both left-sided players. Two Burnley. One. Oh, Peters. Yeah. Did it two in the first week. Yeah, Eric, Eric, Eric Peters, um, and then. And then I like this guy. I talk about him a lot. Another Burnley player. Oh, uh, yep. Dwight McNeil. Dwight McNeil. We well do done. That's all, uh, that's all. That's all. That's uh, all. Five through fifteen. You know what? Honestly, so, a pretty good return to trivia for me. I'm pretty pleased with myself there. Yeah, yeah. I think it's because I gave you like three minutes, but whatever. Um, hmm. All right. So if we're looking at if we're looking at assist totals, uh, just to kind of round out um, after that that four that we've mentioned uh, again to give you the final list, we've got. Andrew Robertson, Anwar Al-Ghazi, Ben Chiwell, Dwight McNeil, Eric Peters, Felipe Anderson, uh, Jack Grealish, Marcus Rashford, Mo Salah, Riyad Mahrez, Roberto Firmino, all with three assists on the season. Wow. A lot of season left. Wow, wow, wow. That's a good, that's a good a trivia, though. And I, actually, i got to be honest, I didn't look at the assists below that at all, so those were all off right off the dome, even though you might not believe right. me. Right. Um, yeah, but was, we'll leave that one to, up to the, the viewers at I home or the listeners Chilo at home. I had like three assists on Friday and that, I guess, like half of Liverpool, but you know. Yeah, whatever. All right. Well, All right, so we got a, we got a message. Yeah, I do have a deliver? message before we get into the predictor here. It's a message from my father, Jim Saber. So about 40 minutes before we started recording, when we were prepping our episode, I, I live at home with my parents, for those who don't know. Uh, I'm pretty sick, and my dad, <laughs> my dad walked down to my recording studio, aka his basement, and he, he thought that we were recording already, but we weren't. So he was like tiptoeing down the stairs, and he handed me a handwritten note, and I was like, "Dad, like we're not recording or anything." But I, he didn't even say anything; he just handed it to me. So I figured I'd read it on the pod because it has to do with predictor. <clears throat> so this is a message from Jim Sater, Saber. Jack, we should put some music over this something. Yeah. Um, when you're editing, do it. All right. All right, tight. You might want to let your listeners know that I'm available to consult on fantasy soccer picks and the predictor app. In parentheses, in first place for both for our fantasy and just goes to show predictor league. Just don't ask me to pronounce any names. That is a message from my father, Jim Saber. Um, <laughs> and honestly... Well, okay, so to give some clarification, he is in first in our predictor league by, like, a pretty good margin. He's dominating. He's won, like, $6 this year on predictor, which is a lot if you don't play it. Uh, and then he's also in first in his fantasy league. It is the championship division of our fantasy league. Um, but he just took over top of the table. So, you know. Yeah, I mean, you know, sisters of the poor. Good luck, Mr. Saber. Good luck. Let me know when you're in the big league next year. You but... know, he's definitely going to listen to this episode, too, because I told him I was going to read this on the pod. So... Um, that's a message from my father, and uh, it's just kind of a, a warning shot to all of our listeners that if we're letting my dad win the Predictor League, that means that we need some more participation because, yeah. yikes, he doesn't know anything that he's talking about. <laughs> and uh, But, hey, on the real, though, six bucks, like pretty soon he's going to be – he'll buy another house and you can just live in this one. That's you know? true. That's true. Maybe um, – I don't know. I mean right now it's pretty nice though. We're eating good over in the Sabre household. 
maybe an RV or something, go mobile. Who knows? Who knows? Um, all right, so predictor app. First game, Man City, Southampton. Chris, who you got? I mean, honestly, like Southampton, you just lost 9 0 to Leicester at home, and now you got to go to the Etihad. Oof. Uh, I'm going 3 0 City. I don't know what to expect here. I'm just praying for the Saints fans uh, over at Southampton because, man, this is not a fun way to bounce back from that thwomping from Leicester. I don't even know if that's a word, but what do you got? I'm honestly really unsure here because, like I just mentioned, I think Hasenhutl's a good coach. I think he'll right the ship, and I think they'll come out and execute defensively this, you know, this week. That being said, it is still Man City, so I'm going to go with a, a mere 2-0 win for Manchester City. Just a 2-0. Yeah, I went 3-0, so I'm we're kind of on the same page there. Next match, Aston Villa at home to Liverpool. Who do you like? Gets in. Uh, who do I like, Chris? That's a great question. I think I, I we all know who I like in this matchup, but who did I pick? Um, well, I picked who I liked. I'm going to go Aston Villa to win 1-0 at home at the fortress that is Villa Park and to hand Liverpool their first defeat of the season. Come on, then. I'm kind of disgusted with how big of a homer the pick that is. It almost makes me want to change my pick because I have Villa 1, Liverpool 1. And I thought... Wow, that's a big point for Villa. Uh, you think Villa are going to keep a clean sheet against Liverpool? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. Oh, my God. I'm and so, now I'm going I'm down so, and looking at I'm a couple so picks nervous. from now. I'm... You are just drinking the Kool-Aid for our, for our clubs right now. <laughs> I, I, I like you know. Villa, and I think Villa should have more points than they do this season based off their play. Um, Liverpool are not invincible. Um, I don't know. I, I have Villa to sneak a point here, but now that you have them 1-0, no, I, I kind of want to change my pick. But I'm going to keep it. It's an ink. It's done. It's one, an one, ink. 1-1. It's an ink. Uh, we got Watford against Chelsea, 20th Watford. No Javi Gracia. Who you got? Before I say my pick, is it? over the line and say that Kike Sanchez-Flores could be the next manager sacked? It is absolutely not over the line. Absolutely not over the line. Because he kind of sucks. And I said <laughs> that when they hired him. I was like, what are they doing? And, whoa, what do you know, Watford? Things haven't gotten better. You guys still haven't won. They scored five goals in ten matches. Um, I don't expect things to get better against Chelsea at home here. I'm going 4-1 Chelsea. Yeah, I'm shocked you have Watford scoring. I have 2-0 Chelsea, easy win. Yeah, I feel like Watford are due for a goal. They've scored in half their games. Uh, and Chelsea aren't as, as good as Chelsea have been going forward. They're not that solid defensively. So um, I think they might let in one, but they're going to win pretty handily in that one. The next match, I think this is the match of the week. Yeah? Would you say so? Yeah, it's it, yeah, it's got to be. Um, and not just because we're it's... fans of the club. I think this has got to be the match of the week. I mean, it's, it's going to be a good game. Yeah, it's Crystal Palace against Leicester. Um, so I guess, you know, five years ago, if you would have said that within the Premier League match of the week, that would have been weird. But uh, Palace are sitting in sixth and Leicester in third. And in this one, I think, I think Leicester had their way with Southampton, and I think they're going to be kind of riding a bit of a high. Um, and I think Roy Hodgson's tactical discipline, as well as... Palace getting off to a really poor start against Arsenal last week. I think he'll be eager to right that ship defensively. They let in a few goals off of corners and look, look susceptible from corners at all times. Vicente Gaita comes back into the side for Palace. I think they win 1-0. Yeah, this has the makings of a really good matchup, uh, which whenever I say that about Palace matches, they end up being 0-0 draws. 
so I probably should have picked that. But I'm going to go with 2-1 Leicester. I think Palace, I agree with you that they're set up well with Hodgson, especially defensively. I just am really big on this Leicester side. Um, I, I think this Leicester team is better than the team that won the title. I should remind you of Palace's record against Brendan Rodgers. Yeah. Um, oh, Brendan Rodgers, obviously, Chris Bull, uh, when Luis Suarez shed tears at yeah, Selhurst. Steven Gerrard in shambles, Suarez crying. I mean, I've watched it right. a million times with your father uh, after a few pints, and I'd watch it again. But I think this Leicester team is better than the Leicester team that won the title. Is that too much to say? I don't, uh, I don't, that's a lot. That's a lot to say. I don't think they're going to win the title, but you look at their squad. I don't. I don't, I don't think that they're better than that title team because mainly because of I mean, the way they played at the time and Riyad Mahrez Mahrez as and well. Conte, that's tough. Yeah, right? that's tough. Um, either but way, I, but I, but it, it, is, it is a discussion to be had. Fair. They're they're really talented. I like Leicester two one. I think it's gonna be a, a match to watch. That's the early Sunday match, and then the next one is what I would have probably said going into the season would be the match of the week. But both these teams are struggling, um, but still should be a good one to watch. Everton home against Spurs. What do you like in this one? Yeah, I've got Everton again struggling to score. Uh, I've got Spurs 2-0, probably a Harry Kane goal, a Harry Kane brace maybe, uh, or a Kane goal and then Sun goal. Sun hasn't really been on the score sheet much this season, so I've got 2-0 Spurs. Um, don't, again, not soaring high on this Marco Silva Everton team. Yeah, Sun has been struggling a bit. Um, Everton, although they lost to Brighton, they did put up two goals. They lost 3-2. They scored two goals the match before against West Ham. I think they'll score again. This one is just two teams that are not doing a whole lot of good right now. I'm going to go 1-1. I think they'll draw with Everton having the home advantage. But uh, I don't know. I mean, I think that one could go either way. That's probably the one that was toughest for me to pick out of all these. Yeah, my all my all my picks, definitely, If you're, I mean, if you're a listener and you're actually – taking notice of my picks i'm looking at them in sequence and this happens sometimes um i realize that it's just a terrible batch of picks like individually i feel good about each one and then i look at i have two nil one nil two nil one nil two nil so a bunch of nils on the board which is very statistically unlikely to happen um chris actually has at least each team scoring in every game except for the man city southampton route so probably better to listen to listen to him if i'm honest and if you want good advice apparently ask my dad um yeah what's what's jim's twitter handle Oh, uh, I think it's Jay Saber one. Maybe we'll uh, <laughs> we'll tweet him out on the uh, the pod account, and people can interact with him. I mean, I don't. I think he might get a little bit of stage fright once we start calling him out on Twitter here. But we'll right, see. there's no way, and he's gonna be spell checking all the names is, too because he's got also, he's got no this idea. is my second family member that has delivered me a handwritten note while we're recording. Um, yeah, I'm kind of jealous. I'm kind of jealous of that. Connor, sis- write me a note. My sister yeah. did that too, except hers is about the hairstyles of the players and how. She thought that'd be a good segment to talk about. Right. No other These are the, the, both. Yeah, both of those hand notes notes were very gender specific. I think. Uh, yeah, you could say that. Um, but you know, either way, um, it's good to get some input from the fam. I'd like for people other than my immediate family members to uh, engage with the <laughs> podcast, though. So maybe if we can get some more earballs on this, you know. Earballs. We love earballs. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, that's that's uh, that's all we got from this week. Appreciate you guys listening as always. Give us a little uh, get, follow us on Twitter as always. And then NBC Predictor app. Quick reminder: the league code is M D E Q L eight. That's M D E Q L eight. Jump on the Predictor app. Take down the league. my father. 
beat Jim Saber. Um, that's all I got this week from Just Goes to Show. Everybody's human. Hashtag beat Jim Saber. Let's go, fam.